Today's daf is daf Yurches, page 18 in Masech Rashan, another beautiful daf ahead of us. And we are coming off of a fascinating sugya, which we are continuing over here. Okay, we're continuing the sugya of when once there's a decree on a community or an individual, is that decree capable of being removed or not? All right, so the idea where we're, we left with yesterday is that there's enough kamina between an individual and a community. When it comes to an individual, that once it's sealed, it's sealed. When it comes to a community, that can be revoked, that can be overturned. Now, there's an there's a interesting idea to keep in mind, by the way. There are those who explain that a decree of a tzibor doesn't necessarily only mean a decree against the tzibor. It can be a decree that is prayed for with the tzibor. Yeah, it is. So if you a tefillah b'tzibur, even if the even if there's already a chasima, a ceiling against an individual, but if that person davens tefillah b'tzibur and makes himself part of the tzibur, then you, there there are those who explain the gemara to say that that can be um, revoked as well. Okay, so we're up to the words ugzar din diyachid tanoihi. Okay, ugzar din diyachid tanoihi. We are on the second line from the top of Yurches Amar Aleph. This sugya continues. All the way down to, uh, you know, into the wide lines of this daf, and then Bez Hashem, we're going to get to the Mishnah on the bottom of, to the bottom of this Amud. Hashem, we're going to have a Mishnah on the bottom of today's Amud, which is going to get us into the happenstance of Reish Chaydesh, how Reish Chaydesh was established, and we're going to get onto the the uh, stories of the Tanesim, the fasts that have been instituted for Klal Yisrael. All right, so a little bit of a heads up. Over what's going on on today's daf. Zog the Gemara, Ugzar din the Yachid. Second line, Tanoihi. Whether or not you already have a decree on an individual, whether that can be overturned, is a machlaikas Tanoim. Right. And whenever I was unsure of an answer on a Gemara test, what would I write? Machlaikas. Yeah. What are you going to do? At least you get ten percent credit on the question. You know what I mean? Something. I mean, that's the. Yeah. All right. Titania, because we learned in a brysum. Two people are laid up in bed equally sick. And, or you have two people that come to court. Similar happenstance, similar situation that they're up against. One is able to get out of bed. Another one's not able to get out of bed. Or Zenitsov Zelanitsa. One guy ends up with a productive um, you know, uh, outcome of his court case. Another one was not. Why would it be that one person is, you know, has bracha and one person doesn't have bracha? Says the Brysa. Or Zenitsov Zelanitsa. Why is one guy <coughs> saved and not? Says the Brysa like this. You know the difference? One guy davened and he was answered. How does Akadish Baruch decide whether or not to answer somebody's tefillah? A person who has a tefillah shleima, a complete davening. What does a complete davening mean? You are present. Yeah, you're present in your davening. A person, what we call kavana has intention when they dive in, they understand that they're in a one-on-one meeting with the Rabbi Shalom. Gavaldik, so your answer, and the one who did not have a Tvila Shlema is not answered. 
Okay? That is the opinion of the Tanakhama. Okay? And the Tanakhama, we gave the list, the name to be Rav Meir. He's usual, usual Tanakhama. Rav Lazar, Amar Rav Lazar says, Kan Kaidim Gzardin, Kan Laachar Gzardin. It depends whether there was a decree on the Yachid, meaning according to Rabbi Lazar, if, even if you daven appropriately, once you have a Gzardin, that can't be changed. Okay? It's good for a person to cry out for Davening helps whether or not there is a sealed decree. What's the Gemara ending off with? Before we get to the question, what's the Gemara ending off with? That there's a Machlekes Tanayim. Once there's a decree on a Yachid, whether Tshuva and Tfila does remove the decree or not. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Rebruvain's asking like this. You're saying, listen, why does it say Zebus Palvanena? You're saying that what? That it's not even considered davening? No, because like, instead of saying Zebus Palvanena, that would make the Tfilah always intended. Maybe something special. Instead of Zebus Palvanena, it's Tfilah that's intended, not. Uh-huh. So that's a, that's a good ha'ara. I'm going to respond with something that I would have waited until later to bring up. But he says an interesting zach, and it's a much longer conversation, but basically in his Sefer on Kinyonim of the Memches Varim Shatan Nikrasem and Matnas Chaim, he has a very interesting discussion there about why davening helps in the first place. Um, if, if something is, if a person deserves it, so you deserve it. If you don't deserve it, because Baruch Hu never should have bought it, brought it on the person. So what does it help for a person to daven for himself, and then what does it help for somebody else to daven for that person? What are you saying, huh? So he says, that because once a person connects to Rabbi Yishtalim, you're in a whole different situation as an individual. So maybe the decree was against the person when I was like that person and he was like that original person. But now that I daven, things change. I, one second, if I daven and that person's chas in a coma, how would he change? The answer is, he says a powerful thing. You're right, he didn't change. Rakadish Baruch only does things to people when not only they deserve it, but those that are impacted and are in tzara about that person deserve it as well. If somebody's supposed to have a tzara, but let's say he's friends, I'm supposed to and I'm friends with him, and I don't deserve that tzara, I don't deserve, I, I don't deserve to have the pain of him being bitzar, Sakhlech Baruch won't bring the tzara on that person. You see the, the relationship between between Yidin and the relationship between us and Tfilah. Okay. That gets into a little bit of the answer of Ruben. Right, where you have, you're focusing on the davening of the person, technically you could say it's all in one the same. All right, here we go. Says the Gemara, We said previously, there's opinions that the Gzardin of a Yochid is not torn up. But it seems the Gzardin of a Tzibor, everyone as of now seems to agree it can be torn up, and we're going to challenge that. All right, here we go. Can, is it really true that a Gzardin of a community can ease, can be torn up. There's one pasuk that says, "Wash off the badness of your heart." And the pasuk also says, "If you wash me off, keep us like laundry." with neser and you put uh, borax. No, not borax. It's uh, it's uh, some sort of soap. Even so, you could wash yourself off, but la the Aveira that you did remains. My love, even when it comes to a communion, if you're here dealing with the communion, still, like Baruch Hu says, that stain 
of the Avera remains even by a community. So why did we say before that a gzar din of a kehila of a tzibor is torn up if we see that something does remain? Says the Gemara, you're, you're not understanding the Sukkim correctly. Both of them are talking about after the gzar din, Listen to this. There are some times Rakadish Baruch gives a Gazar din a decree with an oath. When there's an oath, there ain't nothing to talk about. When there's a Gazar din without an oath, there's something to say. Kids of Shmuel Barami, listen to this. Like Rashmuel Barami, Dhamma Shmuel Barami. When a din that has an oath, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, along with it, that it cannot be torn up even by a community. I swore to the family of Eli, if they will ever get a kapara on the Zebach and the Mincha. Okay, now, pause for a minute. Let's explain the story in a nutshell. story in a nutshell is like this. Eli was a kain gadol, tremendous tzaddik. He had two children, two sons, Chafni and Pinchas. Chafni and Pinchas were up to no good. They were up to no good. One of the no goods that they were up to, and this is very important to remember, okay, because we're going to see a fascinating thing that brings us into Pirkei Avis, that the world stands on three things. Listen closely. The area of Chafni and Pinchas, where they particularly were held accountable for, and where HaKadosh Baruch Hu made an oath that the family of Eli will never live long years, which, by the way, means they're not going to live older than 18 years old, is... They were wrongly using the private carbonus that people were bringing. Okay? They were using it for their own personal use. They were sending their servants to go take parts of the carbonus that weren't, right, that, that weren't uh, rightfully theirs. All right? That's what Chafni and Pinchas would do. So, where was their primary sin? Very important to remember. Where was their primary sin? When it came to carbonus, which is, if the world stands on three things, it's Torah, Avodah, Gnilsan, and what's carbonus? It's Avaidah. So, they struggled and sinned, particularly with the Avaidah. And Hashem made an oath that from here on forth, Eli's descendants will die young. Now listen to this. We're considering Eli's family to be a tzibor, because many generations. Okay? Many generations. And I'm going to throw in something just on this, this vart over here to prove this, that you find even people who are not here can be called a tzibor. Rav Shimon Schwab, Zechot Sadat Kodesh Levracha, in his Sefer Me'in Beis Ashueva, asks... And Parsha's voracious. It says, um, it says that uh, um, he actually, Shimon Schwab says this by Mitzrayim, but uh, let me, I'll, t- I'll tell you the Vart. I'll tell you the Vart. That it says in Mitzrayim, four fifths of Kleisel died during Machas Cheshach. He's very bothered by that. He says, not possible. Not possible. You have all the Makas against the Mitzrayim, and then you're going to go tell me three million Yidin left Mitzrayim. Yeah, 600,000 of them men between the age of 20 and 60. You're going to tell me that there really was 2.4 million men and, and 1.8 million of them died out, and that's not, that's not like a holocaust? That's not like a bigger loss than, than what, uh, what the Makas were? So he reinterprets, and he says that four-fifths of Klaishal really didn't die. He says individuals died in Mitzrayim. It's a big Kiddush. His pshat, his take. But he says, I, why is it called four-fifths? To teach Klal Yisrael that when you, even a few Yidin pass away, 1.8 million people would have come from these two, these two people. 
And therefore, we call it four-fifths of Klai Yisrael that were lost forever. Murdered the Kinkir, you know what I mean? Right? Lost forever. And he says, I'll prove it to you that, that it should be interpreted like this. Because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Kayin, ah, uh, you know, well, he asked him about Hebel, he says, the bloods of your brother, referring to even the, you didn't only kill Hebel, you killed half the world. Yeah, you killed half the world. You killed all the bloods of the future, the future generations. With that idea, it's Mamash what this Gemara is saying. The Gemara is calling Eli and his children the oath and the shvua, and we're questioning, ah, you're telling me a decree against community can't be overturned. Ah, you're saying, oh, when there's an oath against the community. Ah, you can ask, why is this, a, why is this against the community? It's just two boys. Chofni and Pinchas. What's the answer? No, it's called the Tzibor, because this is going to apply to all their future generations. It says, Mamash an oath against the Tzibor. Mar di Gazach. Omar Rabba, Rabba says, B'zevachu mincha ina mischaper. Their Avera cannot be atoned for with carbonus. Aval mischaper betaira. You know where they sinned in Avaida. But there's two more legs. There's two more legs. And they, you could atone the children of Eli. And the later generations can get a kapara with Lima Rataira. Abai Yomar Abai says, B'zebach l'mincha ina mischaper aval mischaper betaira ubegmilas chasodah. Both. Now listen to this. Rabba va'abai made the base Eli kosu. Rabba and Abai were cousins. They came... From Eli's house, Rabba the Osak Vitaira Chaya are bought in Shnin. Even though usually Eli's descendants died at 18. But um, Rabba lived till age 40. You know why? Because he was he, he had the extra uh, 20 years due to his Limarataira. Abai the Osak Vitaira Ubigamilas Chasodim Chaya Shisin Shnin. Abaye, who involved himself in Tara and Gamil Sodim, got an additional 20 years even over that. Right, so you, the other legs kind of they, they permanently messed up the leg of um, Avaida for the family, but Avaida Milzadim can be brought. Tan Rabban Rabbis on social week. Mishpacha Achas Vayis Yerushalayim. There's one family Yerushalayim. Show you Meisel Meisim Ben Shmaya Esrei Shana. They would die at eighteen. Bo Vidios Rabbi Yechon Mezaka. They came to Rabbi Yechon Mezaka. Yom Alehem Shema Mishpacha Eli. I tell him you must be from Eli's family. That's why you're all dying by eighteen. Dechsev. It says about Eli's family. Anybody who's grown in your house, or uh, is you know, yeah, is, the word marba is extended in the house, right? More whoever's born into this house will die young. Um, involve yourself in Torah and you'll live. They changed their last name in honor of Rabbi Yechanan's advice. And now their family name was Chreis, I don't know, Friedman. And now they became known as the family of Rabbi Yechanan because he saved their lives by involving them in, by, by telling them to involve themselves in Tzibor. Is never sealed. Okay, now we're going to add in without an oath, right? Is it really true it's never sealed? You're a Veres. Uh, remain the puzzle we said before that your Averis remain a um, uh, sealed and stained in front of me. How do you know that when it comes to a tzibor, even when it is sealed, it could still be torn up? As it says, whenever you call out a love to him, which seems that whenever call Yisrael as a kehila, Yisrael as a group. Calls out the Kaddish Baruch Hu, a Kaddish Baruch Hu will listen to our tefillahs and remove any degree, uh, decree. I, Bahak Siv, Yershu Hashem Bimatsai. 
but it says if you if you seek out Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you ha- you have to seek out when Bihimotzai at specific times, which seems to imply that there are times where your davening is not going to help. When do you need to be Darash Hashem Bihimotzai? But if you miss that time, which we're assuming right now means there's already a there's already a seal, you missed your time, so then the, so then it doesn't help. Says the Gemara, no. Hasam biyachid hacha b'tibur. One part of the pasuk of Dirish Hashem b'Motzei talking about a yachid. A yachid has to make sure to take advantage of the right moments. However, when it says that Kadosh Baruch Hu is close, b'chol kareinu elav, that is referring to a tibur. A tibur can always remove a decree of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Gemara, b'yachid emas. When is it kiru Hashem b'Motzei? When taka can an individual find the rabbi nishlam? What is that time? Amar Rabbi Barabu. Rabbi Barabu says, "Elu asara yomim shebein Rosh Hashanah liyom Hakipurim." It's a, as, as what we call aseres yomichuna. Yeah, the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It happened after ten days that Hashem hit Novel. Now Novel was a very wealthy guy who was not nice to David Hamelach's servants. They came to him for food. And he kind of pushed them away, but he did give them, you know, a, a snack. He gave them a snack for what they wanted, but they really wanted him to, like, take care of... The, they protected his fields at first, then they came back and asked for, uh, asked for meals on behalf of David Amalek's army, and he put... So Hashem punished him, but it took ten days, okay? Says the Gemara, Why did it take ten days for Nabal to be punished? In honor of the ten uh, granola bars, yeah, um, that uh, that Nabal gave Davra Melech's servants when they came to ask, right? Uh, he gave them a little bit of food. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rabba Baravua, Elu Asara Yom Shabin Roshana Liyoyim Haki Purim. What does it mean? Ten days. It doesn't mean that Imam has died 10 days late. I mean that Kodesh Baruch waited for a 10-day period of Aser Simei Tshuva to see, uh, to see whether he will do Teshuva or not. Ultimately, he didn't, and he was punished. Period. Two dots. So does that mean that if something... The Rosh Hashanah called by Yailam Ibrim the fun of Kivnei Marayin We said in the Mishnah on Rosh Hashanah all humans in the world Passing Marav Kadosh Baruch Hu like Bnei Marayin says the Gemara, my Bnei Marayin. Who are Bnei Marayin? Who is this? What is this Bnei Marayin? What does that mean? And for the Gemara, Hachatagimai in Bavel over here, they were metargame. They interpreted it to mean Kibnei Amarna. What are Bnei Amarna? Bnei Amarna is sheep. The same way when they count sheep to take Miser, they go out one at a time in single file. So too. Call Yisrael past a single path. Call Yisrael cross like the narrow paths of B'nai Mar. Okay, there's narrow paths of B'nai Mar. Um, it was like a, uh, it was a, a, a type of cliff that one person could walk out at a time. It's like the Chayalim, the soldiers of David Amalek that were so strong, they were so strong that they marched in single file, which is a, not the smartest way for an army to march, right? 
because you could be taken down pretty fast. But they were such kibayrim that that it was single file. Amar, basically, all three opinions in agreement, single file. Amar Rabbi Barbachana, Amar Rabbi Yechanan, Mekulon Neskarim Beskira Achas. But you're looked at with one look. This is so fascinating. You know what this means? Every yid has to realize, I'm a yachid and I'm a tzibur. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at me individually, but all of Klai Yisrael is looked at together. We're all looked at together. I have two roles. You have a role. You have two roles, I have two roles. And that is my personal achrayas to myself and my personal achrayas to Klal Yisrael. It's all, yes, we're single file, but it's one look. Because Baruch looks at all of us in totality. It's well known that the Ravik Miller would advise people before Rosh Hashanah, the Kabbalah should be to smile. That was, that was what he said. And he said, he, he said I'll tell you why I'll tell you why it should be Kabbalah to smile. Because it's the Yayim Adin. And the employer is trying to go through uh, his expenses. He's deciding which employees to keep. Right? Which employees are important to my business? Because even if you're not a good salesperson, but you make people comfortable when they walk into the store, because Barakul says that's a keeper. Yeah? The employer says, I'll keep it. The big will say, just teach yourself to smile at everybody. Because Barakul sees you're more urban, my Brias. Yeah, Klai Yusol is happy when you're around. You make people smile. Meridic. You'll have a good judgment. I need to make sure this, guy's, uh, this guy stays with the company. You know? manufacturer. He creates us and understands all of our actions. My Kamar, what does that mean? If you're going to say it means the the that Hashem created the entire world and made everybody ready for the ready for this word made everybody uniformed. Not unified. Uniform. Very often that's what we want for, uni- for unification. We say, oh, you want achtos? We all need to do the same thing. Doesn't work. You think that's what it means? Hashem wants uniformity? That everybody does the same thing? No. You see that the world can't exist with uniformity. There's a reason why you have a passion for, what you, for an interest in what you do, and I have a passion and interest in what I do. Rather, you know what the Pasuk means? Because Baruch Hu sees the the unity, not the uniformity. We're not supposed to be uniform as Yidin. We're supposed to be unified. And he understands all of their thoughts, all of their intentions. Period. Beautiful. End of that Gemara. Bez Hashem, a little bit later on, I want to share a vart on this idea of B'nai Marim which is, why do we need three different examples of single file? Maybe three examples. What, what, what's, what's each idea really adding on to the other? We'll get back to this, but in the meantime, we got to, uh, just to make sure we finish the dot. All right. Zot the Mishnah. This new Mishnah is going to be talking about how Reish Chaydesh was established before, we're going to say, approximately 1,600 years ago. Okay. About 1,600 years ago, there was a tremendous tzaddik, tremendous chacham, yeah, whose name was Reb Hillel. He was many, many generations later after Hillel Azakim, the Hillel that we know, okay? Later on, there was a Reb Hillel, and he established the calendar that we have now. We're going to go prior to that, okay? Our mission is obviously prior to that establishment of the calendar, and we're going to explain how 
um, part of the process, at least, of how Roshana, of how Rosh Chodesh was established. Now let's just give a quick introduction. Why did Rosh Chodesh need to be established by a Bezdin? What was needed? See, here's the deal. The moon renews itself every 29 days, 12 hours, 44 minutes, and three and a half seconds. Okay? So, 29 days, we can keep in mind. 12 hours, what's 29 and 12 hours? It's literally 29 and a half. But here's what's catchy. 44 minutes and three and a half seconds. Right? It's like a little more than 12 and a half days. See, here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is that if the moon renews itself at 1 p.m. one month, the next month is obviously going to be a 30-day month. Because if the moon renews up every 29 days, 12 hours, 44 minutes and a half seconds, we know that it can only be seen after nighttime of the 30th day, and Jewish days begin the night before. Okay? But sometimes it was kind of in between, and, Be and Bezdin took the testimony just based upon two witnesses. So it wasn't necessarily down to the last minute. So they really needed monthly uh, uh, mahalach, an approach, to know when to establish Rishchidosh. But you'll say like this. What's a, why, why does it matter when Rishchidosh is? Well, first of all, we have a calendar. But does it matter to know when Rishchidosh is right away? So we have to know right away. Okay, so in the Beis HaMikdash, yeah. But outside the Beis HaMikdash, right, you're not bringing a carbon Musaf. If you find out two days later, no, Nishkevera. Right? Nishkevera is not the biggest deal. The Gemara in a few dot from now, giving an introduction to a lot over here, when a few dot from now is going to tell us that they had a very basic system set up until people messed with it, which was they would light fires. Cyber right? Right, then they had cyber hacking. Yeah, they planted all these, uh, yeah, these attacks. The first day right? And they wanted to, they wanted to, so that, they had to change and ultimately they sent out messengers in order to solidify to the Kal Yisrael out away from Yerushalayim when Rish Chodesh was. That's what our Mishnah is going to be dealing with, the messengers, the establishment of Rish Chodesh, and uh, which months was it necessary to get those messengers out ASAP. So let's get going. Zok the Mishnah. Three lines from the bottom of Yurchas Amud Aleph. For, um, there were six particular months that we sent out shaluchim, that we sent out messengers to let people know when Rosh Chodesh is. We had to get those messengers out ASAP. On which months? Ready? Al Nisan Pesach. Nisan. Al Av This is going to be crucial to remember this for the first, for the beginning of the Gemara. Av we sent out. Why? Because of Tisha B'Av. Okay. Al Elul Vnei Roshan. Rosh Chodesh Elul was for Rosh Hashanah. What are you going to ask? Isn't Rosh Hashanah a month later? <laughs> the answer is that Elul was always expected to be a 29-day month. So as long as people knew when Rosh Chodesh Elul was, it helped them determine. They knew a little bit. They had a little bit of a sneak peek as to when Rosh Hashanah is going to end up being. Al This also Tishrei because of. The, the Mayadim, the important times of Tishrei. Al Kislev of Nechanika, Kislev because of Hanukkah, Al Adar of Neapurim, because people have to know when they can bring Pesach Sheni, the second Pesach, so that was also important. That was the seventh month to send out. Okay, now, in an, initially, 
the Gemara is going to focus on Tishabav. Why? Why are we going to focus initially on Tishabav? Because if you notice, all of the months, why are we sending out messengers? Important holidays. There's one fast that we're sending out for Tishabav. Aren't there more fasts besides for Tishabav? Right? There's more fasts. Tishabav is not the only fast during the year. So that's what the Gemara initially is going to be bothered with. We should also send out in the months of Tammuz, when there's a fast, and the month of Teves. Now hold on to your seatbelts, here we go. We're going to talk about fasts for the summer. The fast of the fourth, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, the fast of the tenth. It'll ultimately turn into Yamim Taivim. It's a fast, but we're ending off, it's going to be joy, which means Bizman Shalim. When we have a Besa Mikdash, you Simcha, those months are going to be for joy and gladness. Ain't Shalom. But if there's no Shalom, then there's going to be a fast. What's the Gemara's question? There's no Besa Mikdash. We're sending out messengers for Tishabov. Why aren't we sending out in Tammuz and Teves? There's fast then as well. Amar of Papa Haki Gamar. Bizman Shalom. When there is shalai, when there's peace for Klai Yisrael, those days are going to be are going to be yom tayfim. Yesh gzeiras hamalchus, but when there's a gzeira against Klai Yisrael, sign they're going to remain fast. Ain gzeiras hamalchus, the ain shalim. If there's no gzeira of the king and there's no peace, rotu misanin, rotu ain misanin. You hit us. You could fast or not fast. Which means, you know what Rav is answering? Beautiful. You know why we don't send out messengers on Tammuz and Teves? Because you don't have to fast. It's a choice. We're not going to start mocking Meshuggah to send out messengers uh, when you don't, but you don't have to fast. Okay? Meaning, nowadays in Gullahs, is there a gzeira against us from the governments? No. We're zaychet to live in very kind countries as of now. We're holding our breath. Right? But when there's no decree against Klal Yisrael, particularly at that time, then it's a choice. So Zippor, Emperor of Papa, I'll tell you why you're not sending out messengers, because this is a choice. So we'll see. Good. Says Gemari Yachi, Tishabab Nami, one second. If fasting is a choice when there's no negative decree, so why is Tishabab any different? The Mishra says we sent out for Tishabab. But, uh, but over, now we're saying that uh, whenever it's a choice, you don't need to send out. It says the Gemara, beautiful. Amr of Papa, listen. Shiny Tishabov, and there's a practical halacha from this. You know, Tishabov is the most severe rabbinic fast. Shiny Tishabov, Hayul the Huchfulu Bai Tsaras. Tishabov, all Tsaras go back to Tishabov. The Yom HaShoah for a Tayyadikayid is Tishabov. The Amr Mar, the Tishabov, Charav Abayas Brishaino Vishniyan. The Nilkud of Beitar, Beitar, which had all the terror, was conquered. The Nechoshahir and the city was plowed. Everything was removed, right? That's why in Kinnus on Tishbub we talk about the Holocaust as well. Yeah? So, says Rav Papa to explain, Tishbub, we always send out messengers. We always send them out. Tishbub's a chiyuv. 
Tishbev represents all of the tsaras that have happened throughout history of Kal Yisrael. Tammuz and Teves, when there's no government decree against the Yidin, you could choose to fast or not. And we're going to keep, let's, before we try to gain a, a full zach, let's get more clarity as we read the Gemara. The Gemara, as we read through, will give us a lot more clarity over here. Rabbi Shimon says, remember these names, because it's going to be a long thing about Rabbi Akiva, and I'm going to get back to Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Akiva made four drushas, and I disagree with him. But I'm going to tell you what Rabbi Akiva says. All right, here's Rabbi Akiva's four drushas. What is the fast of the fourth? Zet Tisha B'Tamuz. What month is Tamuz? Nisan Iyar Sivan Tamuz. Number four. But when's the fast? What day of Tammuz? The ninth day of Tammuz. Shabbat Hukvu Ayir. That's when the walls of Be- of Yerushalayim were broken down. Shnamar B'chaydesh Haravi. The fourth month, B'tish B'chaydesh, the ninth day. Ve'chazik Arav Ba'ir. The hunger was strong in the city. Ve'chayu Lechem La'am Ha'aretz Vatibaka Ha'ir. And there's nothing to eat, and the walls were breached. Ve'amai Karve Revi. Why is it the fourth month? Revi L'chadoshim. Nisan Ayir Sivan Tammuz. It's the fourth month. What is the fast of the fifth month? What's the fifth month after Tammuz? Oh, yeah, that's when the base of was Mamish burnt. It's the fifth month. What's the seventh month? Third day of Tishrei. Okay, what we know as Sam Gedalia. Right after the two days of Roshana, we have Tishrei, Shabai, Nehara, Gedalia, Ben Achika. Because Gedalia ben Achikam was killed, Umi Hargai, and who killed him? Ayid, Yisrael ben Netanya Hargai. So that's why we fast. Because Gedalia ben Achikam, who was a very righteous man, he represented like the end of any Jewish um, uh, remnants. Like he was like the presence of Kal Yisrael on behalf of Nebuchadnezzar in position. To, right, he was the governor. So he was like the last one holding, like the, the Korban already happened. He was like the last one holding a position, and therefore it like represents the end and the complete start of our ghost. Why is it called the seventh fast? Because Tishrei is the seventh month from Nisan. The tenth fast. So you'd think the tenth fast is because it's on the tenth day. No. The tenth fast is because Tebes is the tenth month. That's when the king of Babel laid siege against Yushalayim. It was the ninth year, the tenth month. The tenth day, Lamar saying, Write for yourself the name of this day. Yet remember this day. Unfortunately, the king of Baba was Saimich. He leaned in on Yerushalayim. He broke the walls of, he, he laid siege on Yerushalayim. Why is it the tenth? The tenth month. Something like this. Ready for this? Unbelievable. This thing of the 10th month was actually, this Pasuk was actually um, talk, referring to the messenger who came to Gullus and told the people in Bavel that it was all over. Okay? And the people in Bavel established a time, a fast, on the day that they received the information that it was all done. One second. Shouldn't Asara B'Teves be written first because it was talking about the beginning of the siege. Right? They laid siege. 
Yeah, really, it came first, okay, but we want to do it in in the calendar order. And since we went, we went four, five, seven, ten. Even though the siege happened first, okay, we're listing it last. Now, the reason why I'm telling you the background of what's going on, why that pasuk was written, is for the next statement. Says the Gemara, says Reb Shimon. Remember going back earlier, Reb Shimon said, Reb Akiva argues on the enforcing, right? There are four statements. And he listed one of the, one of the drushes. Reb Akiva argues with him, and that is how did Darshan these months. Reb Shimon says, but for me, I disagree on the 10th, on what the 10th means. Listen to this. Bani, any American, I disagree. I say it like this. That's when the news came to Bavel that the city had been conquered. And it was the twelfth year in the tenth month. Hiflit Mirushalayim, a pullet. Yeah, remember from the Torah, a refugee came and told the people, Yerushalayim had been destroyed. The day that they heard the news, Yerushalayim had been totally destroyed. That was like it had been burnt. Now let's so let's hold on. Then near in Devarai me Devarav. It says Rabbi Shimon. I'll tell you why I argue in Rabbi Akiva. I'll tell you why I argue in Rabbi Akiva. My reason for fasting on the tenth month makes a lot more sense than Rabbi Akiva's. Why? Shani Aimer Larishin Rishin Balachron Achron. Voi Melarishin Achron Balachron Rishin. Elishumayim Vaseder Chadasha Vani Moisa Vani Moisa Vaseder Peranias. He says like this. He says I make a lot more sense. You know why? Because according to me, what was the fast of tenth month? Not when the siege happened. But when the people in Babel heard the news, which was after everything, and therefore when we say five, seven, uh, uh, four, five, seven, ten, the tenth, the, the fast in the tenth month, Taka is in chronological order. It's from when the people in Babel heard the news, as opposed to Rabbi Akiva's pshat, who says that the tenth one is the original siege, he's going out of order. Why are you listing the tenth one last? Well, the tenth one should have been the first fast listed because that's when the siege started. He says, Mamein, I'm just letting you know. I argue on Rabbi Kiva how to make the drasha, but I, you know, I'm, I'm counting it in the order of happenstance, of the, the sequence of events, and Rabbi Kiva's counting it in the order of the months. Yeah. No, he's a refugee. The first book, yeah. He went to Hertz rent account. I don't know. The news didn't come. I don't know. But why is it why is it so why is it so far later? Weiter, Itmar we learned Rabbi Rabbi Khaninami Rabbi Rabbi Khaninami Rabbi Rabbi Khanina say, but Lomigilatinus, Bigilatinus was Mavata, was nullified. Rabbi Echanam Rabbi Shua Ben Levi Amri. Megillatinus was not nullified. No, Megillatinus is something that we unfortunately we don't really have nowadays, but it was a in a time when things were going great for Kal Yisrael. There was a Megillah written which listed positive days in the history of Kal Yisrael that you were not allowed to fast. Right? Kind of like, you know, there are certain days you're not allowed to have a Tainus. Megillah Tainus listed like yam, small Yom Tzayvim. It could have been for all of Kal Yisrael. It could be for particular cities because of good things that happened in that city. But um, Rav and Rabbi Chanina say that Megillah Tainus was bottle. Okay? And 
say not. Okay, now let's go into each. Let's go into this machlekes. Rabbi Chini Namri Bat Lamegilas Tainis Hachi Kama. That's what it means. Is Man Shei Shalom Yilasasas Simcha. When there's Shalom in Klal Yisrael, so then there should be Sasan in Simcha. Ain't Shalom Tzayim. But when there's no Shalom, that's when you fast. Okay. So Memela, these things were were um, considered Yamim Tayvim during the Beis Hamikdash. So, but now that there's no Beis Hamikdash, we got rid of Megillas Tainis. Hanoch, Nami, Kihani, and therefore any day listed in Megillas Tainis also are going to be like these other things. And even if something was considered a Yomtif, once the, once the Chorban happened, once the, the, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, all of these days were now permitted to fast. It's not considered a mini Yomtif. They say no. Because it was only toloi, only dependent and hang on the building. In the future, you're not allowed to make new days, but something that was already established as a mini yomtiv remained even once the base of Mikdash was destroyed. challenging question. Maisa, there was a story. The The people in Lod fasted on Hanukkah. The Arad, Rabbi Yezer, Barachas, Rabbi Yeshua, Vesiper, and even though they established a tiny Rabbi Yezer wanted to protest, make a machot. So he went down and he bathed, which we don't do on a communal fast day. And Rabbi Yeshua went and took a haircut. And they said, Yeah, you need a fast because you fasted. All right? That's the, that's the, you got to do tshuva. Okay. Now, what's the question? You see that you are... It's even after um, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, and still you're not allowed to fast on Hanukkah. And for the Gemara, Amr Yosef, shiny Hanukkah, Tika Mitzvah. Yeah? Hanukkah is not a regular mini yomtiv. Hanukkah is a grosha yomtiv. Because the Rabbanon made a to perform mitzvahs. Amr Abai says, one second, maybe you should remove Hanukkah with its mitzvahs. Amr Yosef, shiny Hanukkah, demiv farsem nisa. Hanukkah is dis- different because of Pirsume Nisa. Okay? And since we're talking about the tremendous miracle, even though the, this is a fascinating idea, ready for this? Even though the base of Mikdash is destroyed, even though it's no longer a base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash is destroyed, that doesn't minimize the miracle that happened during the base of Mikdash. Okay? The first one, right? Does it, it doesn't minimize the previous miracle, and that Pirsume Nisa needs to stay. Maisiv Rabacha Baruna. Rabacha Baruna asked a challenging question. On the third day of Tishrei, it was bottle any mention of Hashem from Shtaris. They don't mention Akadish Baruchu on any Shtaris, any documents. Because the Yavanim, the Greeks, made a decree. That Hashem's name is not allowed to be mentioned. Not allowed to be mentioned at all. And once the Chashmainoim defeated the Greeks, yet yeah, the Chashmainoim reestablished that where a person should mention Akadish Baruchu Nishtares, and this is what the Chashmainoim would write in all of the official documents. In this year of the reign of Yechenon Kain Gadol, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Kshashom Chacham Medaber Amru and Chacham heard about this. They said no. The Machar Zepereya Es Chayvay. This is not a good custom. In the end, the person gonna have to collect on this debt. That's what it literally means. Benimtzah Star Mutol Ba'ashpa. 
you know why we're going to have to uh, collect on this debt? Because, right, there's, uh, there's a lot of chiyuvim, a lot of obligation that comes with documents that has Hashem's name on it, and then therefore they stopped it. And the Chachamim established a yomtif when Kal Yisrael started to listen to this. Okay? Kal Yisrael so badly wanted to use HaKadosh Baruch Hu's names on their documents. But, listen to this beautiful message. Sometimes we use HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name in forbidden ways. We can have the best of intentions. And we say, there's further by Nishlaylam. But if it's not being done under the auspices of the Chachamim, it's a sin. And when Klaisol ultimately was pulled away from this transgression, so to speak, or potential bizayin, you know, potential bizayin, so the Chachamim turned that day into a yomtiv. Now let's get back to the question. Correct the Gemara. Let me just wrap this up. I'll take your question. And if you're going to say, but let me that Megillah's Tainus was bottle. One second. Kamaisa bottle. And Achranaisa Maisifin. We should say that the first Yomim Taizim that were there during the Beis HaMikdash were already nullified. And the later ones um, uh, uh, are, are going to be added. We're dealing with only during the Beis HaMikdash. And everybody agrees that during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, Megillah's Tainus was still around, was still effective, and, and nobody has. The whole discussion is only once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. We'll hold it here, and Bez Hashem, we will pick up from the top of tomorrow's daf, tomorrow evening, same time, hopefully in front of the Salayim. Uh, Gitanacht. Yeah, go ahead, Rubin.